0: Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. It's me, John B. I will be alone this week. In fact, um, the next three weeks of Movie Club, it's going to be just me. Mainly, um, Corey's going through uh, a move and her internet's going to be out for the next month. So, um, I may find some guest hosts, not sure. But at least, no worries, I'll be here. Uh, Corey will be back in about a month, and, um, uh, we'll resume the normal format for Movie Club after that, but for the most part, you can expect the same thing. I'll pick a movie, um, it might be some newer movies, since I'm already going to those anyways, and, uh, you know, I'll talk about the DVDs coming out next week, and the, uh, movies coming out in theaters the following week as well. The normal show, just without an extra voice, for sure. There might be, uh, Brandon might show up, Mike might do one um we're gonna have uh if you listen to top five movies too um we're gonna have ben hillegoss who was on a few episodes early on um he'll be f- filling in for Corey for the next month so no worries there um but today's episode uh we were supposed to be watching close encounters of the third kind which i did um Corey was unable to um finish it and then the internet issue so it's just gonna be me um i will be reviewing close encounters the downside is i've seen this movie before So it's not going to be as impactful for me the second time around, um, where Corey had never seen it. So I would have liked to have gotten her kind of take on this movie. It is a classic, of course. Um, Before I get into that, we'll just uh, briefly talk about what's going to be coming out on DVD uh, this week, which is um, taking longer to load than it should. I apologize, but... There's a lot coming out on DVD this week. August 1st is the release date for DVDs. Um, Of the movies I've seen, one, two, three, four, four of the eight, I think, that are coming out. Um, Going in Style, which is the Zach Braff directed film starring Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, and Alan Arkin. Alan Alda? Alan Arkin? I think it's Arkin. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I found it to be very funny. And uh, uh, really well performed. I was actually impressed. I went in kind of thinking Ellen Arkin by the way. I was thinking it would be enjoyable but you know, probably a little cheesy, but I actually ended up finding it pretty endearing and very very funny. Um that's coming out on DVD going in style. His name, uh The Circle, Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, um John Boyega kind of uh and um I think Karen gillian And uh I didn't hate The Circle. The Circle got a lot of negative criticism um, I found it to be... in I don't want to say enjoyable. I found it to uh, bring up very interesting themes. It is very on the nose, though. It is not anything exceptional. Um, you have some interesting choices by the cast. I was wrong. It's Glenn Headley, not Karen Gillian. Oh, and Bill Paxton's last movie. No, Karen Gillian is in this movie. I'm sorry. Glenn Headley is the mom. Karen Gillian is her best friend. That's who I thought. But um, Bill Paxton is his last film um, directed by James Salt and uh i didn't hate it i don't if you skipped it in the theater it's probably worth a rental i would not recommend buying it straight up um if you like it afterwards then maybe buy it but um i thought the performances were really good for the most part uh the plot's predictable um and there is some weird casting with Patton oswalt uh who i am a fan of but i just think his role in the movie is uh very against type and it's noticeably distracting as a result um colossal colossal is a great movie i got to see it at the florida film festival this year um it stars uh, jason sudeikis ann hathaway um austin stowell and tim blake nelson and, oh and dan stevens can't forget dan stevens and it is directed by nacho Vigalondo. um really interesting film i say don't look anything up on this if you haven't seen it it is a movie to go in with as little information as possible uh trust me though it's pretty great um I can see some people not liking it, but I I loved it. Uh, my daughter went with me to the film festival to see Colossal, and she loved it. Um, I think most of the friends that I had there enjoyed it. I don't think they all loved it as much as I did, but I was really into it. Um, I believe I gave it the must see rating on my review. Um, the last one that I've seen, I was a little surprised to see that it's already coming out on DVD because it. Uh, I just saw it. Well, I guess I saw it in May, um, and it's called The Lovers. Uh, Deborah Winger, Tracy Letts, Aiden Gillen, and uh, Mallory Wal- Walters. Um, directed by As, uh, Azale Jacobs. It is an A24 film. Um, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, it is about a couple, a married couple, who um, are both having affairs. Uh, both the husband and wife are having affairs, and they are both committed to their their. A person they're having an affair with, they're ready to leave their spouse and begin a new relationship. But then something happens, and makes them question that whole idea, and it's it's very enjoyable. Um, it's definitely got some really funny moments, but it's also contemplative, and there's some really good dramatic moments, some really great performances. I thought Let's was fantastic, um, and so was Winger. All right, now there's some DVDs coming out that I'm actually excited about that I missed. Uh, Slight, um, Slight looked really interesting. Uh, I can't tell if this kid, this kid's like it's. Um, the, I've heard it described as a superhero movie meets like an urban dramedy, or not, dr- not dramedy. I'm sorry, just urban drama. Um, a young street magician is left to care for his little sister after their parents' passing, and turns to illegal activities to keep a roof over their heads. When he gets in too deep, his sister is kidnapped and he is forced to use magic and a brilliant mind to save her. In the trailer, it's very hard to tell if the character, played by Jacob L- uh, Lattimore, um, has m- actual magic powers or if it's all sleight of hand. Um, it, it looks really interesting. It's one I missed in the theater and I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out on DVD. Um, Phoenix Forgotten was a found footage style film. Um, I heard from Big Tuna, who was a regular... Uh, guest reviewer on our site um, that it was not very good if I recall correctly it's been a while since he saw it but um, it was one that kind of came and went it barely got marketed Um, it showed up in theaters actually nearby Uh, I didn't make it to it. it has a 33 Metacritic but 20 years after three teenagers disappeared in the wake of mysterious lights appearing above Phoenix Arizona unseen footage from that night has been discovered Um, I'm saying I'm probably gonna skip this one, um, and wait for it to come out on cable before I ever bother checking it out, um, and the last movie is the other one that I'm excited for that I didn't get to see, and that is Shin Godzilla, which is a Japanese Godzilla film, um, it's supposed to be great, all I've heard is positive things, uh, Godzilla is supposed to be ginormous in this, um, like the, I think it is the largest version of the character ever on screen, um, it is more traditional uh, Godzilla movie as far as that goes. Um, so if you liked like the old school original Godzilla films, this one is up your alley, definitely want to check it out. I am definitely going to check this one out. Um, it's one I was sad that I missed in theaters, but I'm excited to check out now. All right, that's it for uh, DVD Blu-ray or VOD. I'm not sure. I- I'm imagining all of those are in all formats, but I have not confirmed that as of now. However, um, let's get to what's coming out in theaters next week. Uh, there's a limited release documentary that I got to see at the Florida Film Festival that I've been waiting for uh, to come out in theaters. I'm hoping it's going to get a bigger release than it looks like it's getting. Um, it is fantastic. It has a 90 Metacritics, which is only out of four reviews, but I would be up there with that. Um, I gave it a must-see. Uh, Ste- Step is the name. It is uh, Step documents the senior year of a girl's high school um, step dance team against the background of inner city Baltimore it is a uh, school that set out to make sure all of their graduates get into college um, it is uh, a powerful documentary you get to you really follow um, I believe three uh, of the step dancers um, you get a little bit of all of them but it's mainly three that it focuses on and um, I enjoyed it so much um, I was very impressed by it and I've been waiting for it to come out, um, I'm hoping it will get again a wider release, and it looks like it's getting. But if it's in your area, if you're in an area where you get uh, documentaries, I highly recommend Step. It was very well made, and it's very compelling story. <coughs> um, now coming out in wide release for sure. This movie looks pretty bad in my opinion. It is Kidnap, uh, starring Halle Berry, Sage Carrera, Chris McGinn, uh, Lou Temple. Jason George and Christopher Berry. Um, There's some other names in there, but Louis Prieto is the director. Uh, A mother stops at nothing to recover her kidnapped son. Okay, right away, right? Uh, Just that log line sounds pretty bad. Um, It looks really over, you know, melodramatic. There's a scene in the trailer um, where she goes to the police station and um, she sees all the missing children posters behind the, the desk, and when the person, the cop says, you know, just fill out this form, she's like, that's what other parents did, and, well, man, it just feels super cheesy, so I am gonna skip Kidnap, um, unless I hear something, uh, to turn me in the other direction, but just from the trailer, I am not impressed, um, it, it does, it looks like, and again, it's, a, it's coming out in August, and I think I saw the first trailer for it two weeks ago, so it didn't get a whole lot of press, um, or marketing, I should say. Uh, it has no reviews yet, I'm sure th- those will be coming out later this week. Um, now, the big release for August 4th is Dark Tower, um, starring Catherine Winnick, Matthew McConaughey, Idris Elba, Jackie Earl, Haley, Abby Lee, Dennis Haysbert, Alex McGregor, Nicholas Hamilton, who I think is the lead kid i might be wrong i'm not sure um i am not familiar with the books i've not read the stephen king uh books or the graphic novels i believe that were adapted um of dark tower so i know very little about it um i know that a lot of people who are excited about the the they were excited about the uh, property being turned into a film are very discouraged by the hour and 35 minute runtime given the uh the wide breadth of this novel um it looks kind of cool. Um, it looks like it could be a solid action film. Um, Idris Elba looks like he's doing some good work. Matthew McConaughey feels like he might be chewing the scenery a bit. Um, but I am interested in this movie. I'm definitely going to go see it. Um, you know, I thought Detroit was coming out on the fourth, too, but it's not showing up on what I checked. I'm checking now. Um, but Dark Tower, yeah, it is. It, it wasn't on my other list. Detroit. Um, is also coming out on the 4th, which looks way better than, uh, Kidnap. Detroit, um, directed by Academy Award winning director, Catherine Bigelow, uh, stars John Boyega, Anthony Mackie, Algie Smith, um, Jacob Lattimore, who was in Slight, uh, Will Poulter, um, Jason Mitchell, Hannah Murray, Jack Rayner, who I love in Sing Street, um, Caitlin Dever, Ben O'Toole, John Krasinski from Office, of course, uh, and that's the people I know, um, it is amidst the chaos of the Detroit Rebellion with the city under curfew and has uh, the Michigan National Guard patrol the streets. Three young African-American men were murdered at the Algiers Motel. Uh, so it's based on a true story, which has been Bigelow's uh, kind of M.O. for her last couple, Zero Dark Thirty and um, The Hurt Locker, both based on true stories as well. I think um, I've not seen any of her movies to my knowledge. In fact, I still have not watched the original Point Break, which is her uh, Keanu Reeves' Patrick Swayze. And it's been on my list for a long time, and eventually I will get to it. Maybe, in fact, for uh, the you know to, before I see Detroit, I might check out one of her movies for the movie club. I'll decide before the end of this episode. But uh, that's coming out in theaters. It looks really good in the trailer. I'm actually really excited. I'm kind of torn about which one to see uh, on the fourth, if or well on the third, if I want to go see Dark Tower first or if I want to see uh, Detroit. Looking at the runtime, I'm gonna see Dark Tower because Dark Tower is only 90 minutes. And Detroit is two and a half hours, and it's a Thursday night, and I will be back at work because summer is over for us here in Florida. Um, (coughs) Not the heat, just the school break. Um, Okay, I think that's it for the upcoming stuff. We're going to get into Close Encounters. This will be a shorter episode because it's just me, and since I have nobody to bounce anything off of, I am free reign, which means I'm going to end up rushing through this review more than normal. Um, I'm also, I can tell I am talking, uh, excessively fast, which I do, um, from time to time, especially, uh, since no one can stop me. (sighs) All right, people. Let's get into our review of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. It is one of his, uh, you know, big sci-fi films. Um, from 1977, uh, the IMDb description after an encounter with UFOs, a line worker feels undeniably drawn to an isolated area in the wilderness where something spectacular is about to happen. That is a bit much of a plot summary. Um, just before we get into spoilers, uh, real quick, I watched this movie for the first time last year and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had memories of it. I'd seen bits and pieces of it, um with my mom when I was a kid but I did not remember the full movie I think I was even afraid of it as a kid because of the aliens um, I mean aliens still kind of scare me as I don't believe in most monsters aliens very well could and probability says they exist just given the vast nature of, of the universe so while they will likely not come in and, and pick us up in their flying saucers uh, odds are they wouldn't have flying saucers that kind of thing uh, it's still kind of stressed out. It's still a stressful idea, um, but I did give it a must see back then when I I uh, saw it for the first time, and I still say it's a, a must see. So I'm gonna go ahead and ruin the rating there. Um, all right, let's get into uh, the review now. One of the things I'm I'm reading my own review from last year. Um, and I, I wrote, one of the main reasons I wasn't sure where to put this movie in terms of my rating system is I can't recall a specific scene or moment that left an impact on me the way I can with Jaws, Jurassic Park, or many other films that I list as must see. Yet, I think that's changed this time. There's definitely some iconic scenes in this movie. Um, and some that I, I don't know even what I, when I wrote that. I kind of disagree with myself immediately because I'm like, the thing I remember being a kid was him building the mountain inside of his house. That's the one scene I really, really remember. I remember the mashed potatoes. I remember him building the in his house out of dirt. Um, and that's really it. And then, of course, there's the most iconic scene, which is a spoiler. So I'll hold off on that one. Um, in fact, there's probably two iconic scenes aside from that. So with that, um, I really enjoy this movie. It is a little long. And I don't know that it needs to change. Um, it, its pacing is... It, it, I could see someone from today's sensibilities feeling like it's slow. I don't think it's slow realistically i think um it's just slow for today uh movies aren't made uh that i think it's a shame actually that movies feel like they have to rush a a lot of times movies feel like we're skipping necessary story development or character development or time to reflect on what we just witnessed in order to really get the gravity of the situation that said uh, let's get into spoiler warning from this point forward, if you have not seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind and you do not want the ending spoiled, well then, you should stop listening, watch the movie, and then come back and finish the podcast because I will be talking about the ending um, and revealing major plot points from out the throughout the film. Uh, the f- first thing, I was so I just watched the 400 blows for the first time uh, recently. and Francis Truffaut uh, w- is now in my like I've known of him, of course. Um, I'd, I'd be like the worst film fan ever if I didn't know who he was. But when I watched this movie the first time, it did not click that Francis Truffaut, the director, was playing the the French guy in the movie, Claude Lacombe. Uh, and then this time, immediately, I was like, oh my God, is that really? And um, he's really good in it. In fact, I actually, he's very, um, of all of the government in the know employees, he is by far the most friendly and the only one who really wants to help. The people who were um, had the encounters prior to the finale of the movie. So um, I love Richard Dreyfus. Uh, Jaws is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and it, it, Hooper is a big part of that. Now, Quint is my favorite part of Jaws without any hesitation. But I love Hooper in that movie. Um, and I got to take uh, 13 of my students with uh, two of my coworkers on top of that to see Jaws on the big screen. Um, with a Richard Dreyfuss Q&A here in Clearwater, Florida, about two years ago, and it was one of the coolest experiences of my life, and it was really cool to get to take my film students, not all of them, unfortunately, but a few of them who were really dedicated and I knew would, uh, take that to be what it was, a big moment, that Richard Dreyfuss is in the same room, listening to people asking questions about his career, um, and so, uh, at that time when we did that, I had not seen Close Encounters, um, and so when I went in to watch this, I was already like a bigger fan of his because I had that experience. So no question that affects my, my judgment of his films. Um, I've met the guy. Well, I've kind of met the guy in person. Um, I've heard him tell personal stories and I gotta say, I was a big fan of that, of that event. He, he really seemed like an awesome person who was, uh, I know there's stories about him hating Quint and I've heard stories about him being kind of an a-hole. Um, those might be true, but the person that I met wasn't, um, whether again, not fully in person, but in the same room and he was talking to the audience. Um, and so i I'm a fan, um, not only of his career, but of the, of the man. Um, so I, uh, definitely enjoy him in this film. I mean, his character goes through something that it's hard to imagine. Um, and it's one of the things I love about this movie. In fact, is we witness him see these lights that are, unexplainable we see half of his face get sunburnt um by this light just the immense heat that it was putting off and then when he goes to his wife the woman who's supposed to you know take his word she doubts him um she thinks he's gone crazy everyone thinks he's gone crazy he goes back the next night hoping to see them again and helicopter shows up which makes them look crazy all these people saw a light and then here comes the helicopters they think it's the ships again only to find out, nope, it's not. So if they were confused that night, how do we know they weren't confused the night before? They set up the cynical point of view so well in this movie where we know that he saw something. We know that something's up. And then when we witness um, Melinda and her son, um, Barry, uh, Melinda's played by, I'm sorry, Jillian. Sorry, Jillian uh, played by Melinda Dillon, and her son, Barry, is played by uh, Carrie Guffey um when we witness his abduction which is one of the iconic moments that i was talking about uh with the door opening and the the lighting that looks so gorgeous yet haunting um the way the storm clouds grow and the ships seem to be inside the storm cloud um it's such a great visualization when we see that we are we get confirmation there's no question that there is aliens um, we hear the military earlier uh right after he sees the ships. I think it's right after he sees the ships. The military has an encounter with something. The the two air force guys in planes. They see something. And they do you want to report that as a UFO? And both of them like, no, no, we don't want that to go on record, um, because people will think we're crazy. As essentially that's the implication that they give. And that side is is really played very very nicely. Um, there's the big meeting with all the the people who've seen the aliens wanting answers and the guy holds up a picture of the flying saucer, and then he holds up a plate, and, like, this is... I threw this in the air and we took a picture. Made them all feel like idiots. Like, that's the real-world reaction when someone says they saw something like this, and they... I think they ca- Spielberg captures that really, really well in this movie um, and kind of makes you feel sorry for all of the people who were affected by this, and that's where Truffaut, I thought, did a really great job, is he seems sympathetic to them. Like... These people saw something. They don't know what they saw, and they are being brought here. They're compelled to come to this mountain, and they just want answers. And that sympathy is what allows Roy, uh, Richard Dreyfus' character, to get that closure at the end of the film, um, which is another iconic scene that I don't know, again, what I was thinking when I wrote my review last year, um, which is the the music exchange, which John Williams helped write the, uh, the five-note... Um, exchange that they do but we have the ships come down on this big runway and they're playing a a keyboard that has lights attached to it so the lights light up while the music notes hit five notes and um, we heard those notes throughout the movie i love how they do that with uh, the group people singing chanting it and they where did you hear that And they all point to the sky Um, but here we have that that scene where they play it and then the spaceships play it back uh, and then the big mothership comes down, and there's that exchange, and at the end, I noticed, uh, I feel very definitively, at the end of the big ship playing the notes back, it, it shifts into something else that sounds very much like Jaws, like, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's got to be a little bit of a shout-out to Jaws' score, um, and so that that scene is so iconic, and it's so memorable, and it's, the relief that you see wash over Roy and Jillian, like the confirmation that they're not insane, that they did see these spaceships. Um, and when the mothership comes down and Jillian realizes that's where her son is, the relief that washes over her. And eventually we get to see all these pilots are let go. And then the kid is like, go. we don't get any explanation as to why they've been held. Um, they haven't aged. We know that the, uh, the pilots were from like 30 or 40 years prior um, and they don't appear to have aged at all. And, um, that's a blessing in some ways, but a curse in others because their family will have continued aging. So there's a lot of tragedy there that's not really discussed because that's not the focal point of the movie, but it is, it's compelling. And then we see the aliens, um, which I read, uh, was a a bunch of elementary school kids from the, the area in gray spandex with the masks on. And that's what you're looking at as the aliens, which is kind of creepy, um, they're they're creepy. They they are they don't quite resemble E.T. They kind of resemble the more traditional, um, you know, rounded kind of ovalish uh, head. Um, not as lanky as they often are depicted. Although the, there is one that is taller and has longer arms and stuff, which was an animatronic. Um, which I was impressed. It was an animatronic. I actually assumed it was claymation, um, but uh, from what I read, it was an animatronic. And um they have a group of astronauts ready to go, but only Roy is picked and we see him leave on the spaceship and that's it. Uh, There was apparently talk of um, a sequel that never happened. I don't believe an official sequel ever happened. I could be wrong now. Um, And I did read that um, the first cut was not what Spielberg wanted, which is why there is a special edition cut. And that's supposed to be re-released in theaters this year by a big coincidence. um, And I think in September or October uh, it'll be on the big screen again, so if you haven't seen it and you've already listened to this podcast, I do recommend checking it out on the big screen. I'm probably going to um, just because it's an opportunity, and it is, I think the director's cut. I watched what I believe is the original cut, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, it's, it's a gorgeous movie. Um, it really does. You know, This man's singular obsession um, is this flying saucer. He doesn't really know why. He knows he's losing his family as a result. And he can't stop himself. Um, so there's a lot of tragic uh, elements in that in that regard. But there's a lot of wonder. Um, why did he see the spaceship? Um, why is he being drawn to this mountain? What what was the point? Why did they feel the need to do that? Um, and then why did they choose to take him? You know, he wasn't the only one ready to go, but they only bring him onto the ship. What is he going to learn? What is he going to do? There's a lot of questions that come up. Um, but it does add a little to uh, the fact that his family has been destroyed. At least he's getting what it was destroyed over. Um, it doesn't make it better that he allowed this obsession to ruin his family, uh, to scare his children, to scare his wife. But on the other hand, since he did do all of that, at least it's real. It wasn't a hallucination or a dream or... Um, something worse it, it it is a real thing that was driving him and he at least gets to find out why he gets the answers or at least we we hope he gets the answers um that he's looking for uh, it, like I said uh, this is a must-see movie it is uh, if you're a fan of Spielberg I definitely think it's must see if you like sci-fi I think it falls greatly into that um, it it I don't know if it pond if it really asks any majorly deep questions um but it does address the are we alone in the universe um it doesn't address what they want from us necessarily um and I, I don't know there's i'm sure there's other themes um that are present that i'm just not i'm not picking up on um but i think the movie is enjoyable and that alone is worth watching um again it it might feel a little slow uh, especially if you are not big on sci-fi um because this is there is a lot of time to kind of contemplate and think about what's going on and you do get you do see the government side of things so we're clued into things that he is not um so there's some dramatic irony that comes from that um like we know that the uh the train wreck that happens in wyoming that has the um mustard gas or whatever gas nerve gas that supposedly leaked uh, we know that's a lie. um he doesn't, but he has a, a feeling that it's a lie, and he t- he's right, but we knew that ahead of time. um so that's that's an interesting choice for that Spielberg takes is that we we are always in uh on both sides. We know what he's going through, what Roy's going through, but we also know what the government is up to. Um, they don't really know what's going on with the aliens. They just know that they've they've got longitude and latitude. And, um, they're kind of afraid, but they feel like it's, the aliens come in peace. Um, so, it's, I think, definitely one that you should check out. If you're a Spielberg fan, I definitely, uh, recommend this movie. It definitely has, um, some of his themes of family. There's a really great scene at the dinner table, um, that is shot in a way that is, uh, similar to the Jaws dinner. Not at all the same, but there's that quiet, um, everyone's focused on the father, reaction that you get um and the tension that's there uh is is very you know palpable um yeah i I love that scene too actually but uh there's definitely the idea of family and um wonder that spielberg brings to a lot of his movies so uh with that that is the episode um i will be back next week i might have a guest i may not it'll just depend on if anyone is available um i think Because of Detroit, I'm gonna say Point Break is my movie for next week. So, if you would like to uh, share your thoughts on the film Point Break, the original with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, um, you can tweet at me at berkreviews.com. I'm sorry, don't tweet at me at berkreviews.com. Tweet at me at berkreviews. You can find me on berkreviews.com. I write reviews uh, frequently, especially for newer movies. My review for Atomic Blonde will be um, is up. And I may or may not make it to the emoji movie. I probably won't, but um, I've got past reviews on there. Uh, the top five movie episode is up from last week, which is our top five um movies from the two thousands. And we've got new episodes coming every week. Again, we're gonna have a new guest host. Uh, ben Hillegasse will be back. He's been on a few episodes. He'll be back for the. He'll be covering for Corey for the next month. Um, until next time guys uh watch the movies and tell other people to watch the movies um we i thank you for listening um apologize for the shorter episodes but i don't want to talk to myself for an hour so uh i'll be back next week peace everybody this has been a burke reviews podcast burke